We are in the second week of a group of messages, a series of messages that are trying to bring all the pieces of who Riverbend is, of who we are, into focus. So in that video, you saw some of those pieces, um, missional mandates, core values, the strategy and what is measurable for us to bring those into focus and for us to understand what the picture of this church looks like. So to do that, before we get into those four, to do that, I want us to draw back just a little bit and, and think about look at and see a couple of concepts, okay? So if you have a copy of God's Word, the first place that we're going to look today is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, but we're going to camp out in 1 Timothy chapter 6. So you may want to just go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 because that's where we're going to be, 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 through 16. I'm going to read for us um, kind of our jumping off place spot or place in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So now, faith, hope, and love abide. Faith, hope, and love abide. These three, so all three of these are there. They're there in the church. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. For us to see all the pieces in focus, I believe we need to see faith, hope, and love. And so for these weeks, we're going to look at these items, faith, hope, and love. And from those, we will see what we are to be about, what the work is that we as a body and what the work is that we as individuals are to be about. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11 through verse 16. Paul writes to his son in the spirit, to his son in the faith, to Timothy. As he closes out this first letter, he records these words. But as for you, Timothy, as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, Fight the good fight of faith. What a sentence. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He, who is the blessed and holy sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the topic of faith, Lord, the topic of faith is something that we as believers, we who have grown up in the church, God, we nonchalantly, I oftentimes nonchalantly just, yes, I know that, and Lord, we may just move on to something that we think is weightier. But Father, there is nothing light about faith. God, it is a weighty subject. You know this. You desire for us to know this. God, I pray that in these moments this morning that you would show us, show us faith. Show us in such a way that it is clear. It is right in front of us. We can grasp it. God, that I would hold on to it and not let it go as Paul states to Timothy here. God, that Riverbend would understand, would grab a hold and not let go. God, that you would capture us in such a way that we, your sons and your daughters, God, that we understand faith. For it is a gift from you. And it is a gift that you desire for me and you desire for us to appropriate in our lives on a moment-by-moment basis, day-by-day, every single week that we live. God, would we get that this morning? Would you be honored and would you be glorified in these moments? God, would you speak? I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Every single day you live by faith. Every day you and I live by faith. You and I live by faith when we wake up in the morning and we go into the bathroom and we turn a knob. Because I don't know in our setting, meaning where you and I live, the vast majority, I'm going to say 99.99999% of us, don't have to go outside any longer and turn the knob outside to make sure that water comes to our house. I've stayed in a couple of places um, on the other side of the world where we had to say, okay, it's time for a shower. Everybody get in a line and go quick because I'm telling you, it's only about five minutes and we got seven people, so go quick. But, but not just that we go and turn a knob and water comes out, but we have faith that that water that went either from the well or went from the water supply of the city or community that we live in has going, it's got a line and it's going to pass through something that we call a hot water heater. And we have faith. It's not that, all right, hey, I'm going to take a cold shower today. No, we have faith that in a moment, that pilot light has been lit or it has been plugged into the wall and the electricity is heating that water up and it is going to come out of the shower head and I am going to have hot water. 
Or you and I live by faith this way. We go to a doctor and we tell them what's wrong with us. They mumble some words. They do some mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, jot some stuff down. And they write on a sheet of paper some language that you and I cannot read. They pronounce a drug that you and I cannot pronounce. And we take it to a person that we do not know. And we trust them that, number one, they can read this language that was written. Number two, that they know what that drug is, and when they go to the shelf, they will get the right drug. And we take it. It tastes like death, but it is going to make us better. It is faith that you and I live. Well, that's just everyday occurrences. Exactly. Every single day, you and I live by faith. We live by faith in one way or another. It is by faith that you and I live. Paul writes, as I stated, to Timothy. And as he writes to Timothy, he gives him some orders. And this morning, I want us to look in these verses in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I want us to try to understand faith, bring that into focus in our lives, and I believe that this passage is a great teacher. Three points this morning. The first is this, that the orders given are irrefutable. The orders that Paul gives Timothy, the orders that God gives you and he gives me from this passage, they are irrefutable. They cannot be denied. They are crystal clear. They're irrefutable. Look back with me at these orders. Look there in verse number 11. He says, but as for you, O man of God, you can say, all right, wait. That just cut out half of our whole congregation. No, it didn't. You say, well, really, it cut off even more than our whole our, half of our congregation. All it did was talk about the, the preacher. No, this word, this letter has been kept for you and me, and it is to be lived out by every single one of us. So the things that are spoken to Timothy in the first century are now spoken to you and me. And Paul, God is saying, not he's saying it through Paul, but as for you, Riverbend, as for you, sir, ma'am, flee these things. What are these things? Well, you got to go back up a couple of verses and see what these things are. Mainly, he's saying flee you and me seeking all the wealth and all the things of this world. Stop doing that, Timothy. Stop doing that, Riverbend. Stop doing that, Brian. Flee those things. That is order number one. Flee those things of the world. But then there are some more orders that are given, and they are irrefutable. Pursue these things. Pursue what? Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith, Timothy. Pursue faith, Riverbend. Pursue love. Pursue steadfastness. Pursue gentleness. So there are things that we are to flee, the things of this world, and there are things that we are to pursue, the things that are of God, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. And then he says this as an order. 
you. You. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. We're to flee things. We are to pursue things, to turn our attention to, to focus on, to to put all our energy toward, to be focused on, and in doing so, we are to fight. The word fight there is the word battle or war, to strive to do something with great intensity. It is not, oh, I had this thought, and yeah, I'll put just a a little energy of it this afternoon at 4.30 when I get to the house. No. You and I are in a fight. It's a fight. It's ongoing every single day, every week. And for us to win the fight today, we need to understand that we're in a fight And we need to be in the battle. The orders given to you are irrefutable. They're not given just to me. They're not given just to the guys. They're given to the ladies. They're given to the church. They're given to the individuals that are in this room at this moment. You and I are to flee, pursue, and fight. But let's camp out at our second point for just a moment. Second point is this. Faith in action is the only way to victory today. Say it to you one more time. Faith, not just the aspect, not just the item of faith, but faith in action. When when you're living it out, when I'm living it out, when we're putting it in our lives, this substance, faith, Inaction is the only way to victory today. But Brian, I thought you said that uh, Jesus has already won the victory. Exactly. He did. 2,000 years ago, he took your place on the cross. He died for you. He died for me. The sin that you and I have committed, are committing, and will commit, placed him on the cross. He took your place and my place, paid the penalty for your sin and my sin. He won the victory, but you and I must live that, appropriate that, and we do that through faith. little Bible surfing today in Romans chapter 10. Surf over to Romans chapter 10. Let me read for you two verses out of Romans chapter 10. Verse 16 and 17. Here is Paul again stating these words. And I've got some of them bolded, but it's hard for you to see them bolded on the screen. So let me emphasize the proper syllable. I know it's syllable. Just let y'all know that I did pass kindergarten. Romans chapter 10, verse 16. But they, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, y'all know who Isaiah is. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. Paul is writing to the folks at Rome and saying he's reminding them of something that the Old Testament prophets 700 years before Christ which is the good news. Christ coming is the good news. This is what Isaiah says. Lord, who has believed? There's emphasis. 
Who has believed what he has heard from us? And here's the verse. So faith, a little more emphasis, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith in action is the only way for you and me, for us, to have victory today. It's not to say, hey, I've got faith. It's to put it into action. The action there in Romans chapter 10 was this. They believed what they heard. What they heard Isaiah say. Well, what did Isaiah say? He stated, hey, there's Messiah coming. Hey, he is going to come of a virgin. And he's going to die this death. This, you're, you're not going to believe. You're not even going to be able to, to comprehend. You're not even going to be able to see. To, there's nothing special in his form. He's going to be beaten, smitten for you and for me, for our transgressions. He is taking your place. That's what they heard. And through that, they believed. Paul says in verse 17, so faith, faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? Hearing me talk about this, that, the other? No. Hearing about what this preacher or that preacher? No. Hearing the word. What's the word? Here's the word. Faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. One of the preachers that I enjoy listening to is a man who preached out in Texas back in the 70s and 80s, and he passed away in the mid-90s. His name was Ron Dunn, and he states this about faith. Everything God has for us to do today, everything that God has for us to do today is summed up in the one word, faith. Everything he wants you to be about today, is faith. Everything that he has for us as a church to be about today is faith. He goes on and he says, everything flows from faith. Salvation is a by grace through faith operation. Everything you receive in the Christian life, you get by grace through faith. Grace means that God provided it. It's from God. It is grace, and he provided it. Faith means that you and I, we receive it. Grace is God's hands, God's hand offering, and faith is man's hand receiving. And when you and I desire, when we come to victory today, the only way that we do it is through faith. He says it is a fight. And that is true. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 11 through verse 16, it is a fight. Fight the good fight of faith. No hands, I'll raise them for all of us, or I'll raise them for none of us. No hands. How many of you and I 
this past week, we just put it in neutral and made it through Tuesday, made it through Wednesday, or made it through Thursday, or maybe it was Friday or Monday. We, we just put it in neutral for a day. He said, I, I'm just coming up for air. It has been a time. How many of us, because we've done that once, it is so easy for us to do that like 47 trillion times. Here's what I've learned about faith. When you and I put it in neutral, we don't stand still. Youth, hopefully you will learn this before you're 44 like me. But when you put it in neutral, you don't stand still. It's pretty much like escalators. You put it in neutral and you think you're going to keep going up, but you actually go down. And when you kick it back into gear, you have lost that ground. How do you win for the day? Keep it in gear and faith. You say, Brian, I, I don't know if I have faith. Y'all ready? Don't, don't misunderstand me. Fake it. The preacher just told me to fake it when I don't think that I have faith. That's you acting in faith. There's going to be some roast at lunch today, and you're going to be chewing. You're like, what in the world was he talking about? I don't think that I have faith. And he's telling me to act as if I have the faith that I don't believe that I have, and that is faith. Exactly. Because when you act, even if you don't think that that, I don't, I don't understand. Here is how I am supposed to act. Here is how I'm supposed to respond. Why? Because you have heard the word. The word says that you're to love your enemies. I don't feel like loving my enemy. Love your enemy. The Word says for you and for me that we are to talk this way, walk this way, do these things, don't do these other things. I don't feel like that. I want to walk a different way. Fake it. How many times have I stood up here and said, hey, if you want your heart changed, here's what you have to do. You have to put your faith. Your faith is there. Then you put your feet and you start walking. I don't feel like walking. You just keep walking. Keep walking, and finally those feelings will come that you desire. What we want is we want the feelings so that our feet will move, so that our faith, well, that's not faith. He says for you and for me to have victory today, be in the good fight of faith, and it is not easy. Why? Because it's a fight. And you want to put it in neutral, and I want to put it in neutral, and every single one of us want it to be easy. It is not necessarily easy. It is a Fight a war that is raging. But fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What is that confession? Something happened in Timothy. I'm pointing over here to what we have as a baptistry. There was a moment that he made his faith public. 
There was a public profession and everybody around him understood what was happening. There was a change from the inside out in Timothy and he was making that faith public. Paul says to you and to me, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus there in verse number 13 who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate, he made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained, free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. What's Paul reminding Timothy about and what's he reminding you and me about? Well, there was a moment when Jesus was in front of Pontius Pilate. He said, hey, don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I could stop this right now? And Jesus said, the only reason that you can do that is because that authority has been given to you by my father. Not, okay, I'll take that. Get me out of this situation. No, he kept it unstained. And the argument that Paul is trying to get across to Timothy in the hard time there at Ephesus when Timothy is coming up against some opposition, he's saying, hey, get in the fight, stay in the fight. I know it's hard, but here's the example. Riverbend, here's the example. The example is that Christ did not back down even when it was offered for him. And aren't you and I glad that that's the case? And today, when it's offered, do not back down. Fight the good fight of faith. And finally, he says this in verse 16. Excuse me, verse 15 and 16. A prompt is given that the king is censure. That the king is censure, and that is, he is central. He is central. A prompt is given that the king is central. Look there in verse 14 down through the end. To keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He, here is the doxology that is central. Christ is central. He, who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. A prompt is given. A prompt is given for you that you and I keep the king central. That he is the focus of everything that we are about and all that we are. He is Central. This doxology, it's a praise to God. Paul loves to break these out. He does it in almost all of his letters one time or another. Last week we saw it in Romans chapter 11. At the end of those verses, there are four or five verses in Romans chapter 11, right before Romans chapter 12, and he is just singing praises to him. He does it in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 are probably, is probably one of the earliest Christian songs. And it is Paul writing to that church saying, y'all remember these words. There's no other name 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth that is greater than his name. And he does it to Timothy just to remind him, hey, Timothy, I know the days are hard. I know some of those couples are at odds at each other. I know the culture that you're living in in Ephesus and you're trying to hold up the light of Christ and there is this goddess and hundreds every single day are going to bow down and worship her. Sexual immorality. But stay in the fight. And just a reminder, He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is the one who holds immortality. He is the one who dwells in inapproachable light. Nobody has ever seen this, or they ever will see this. To Him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. There are moments in your day, and there are moments in your week, and there are moments in mine where it's like, I just... I just want to check out. God, get somebody else to say that. Lord, I just want to go to, quote, my happy place, end quote. I just don't want anybody else around, and I just need to chill. And I'm not saying that's wrong all the time. But I am saying for you and for me today in 2017 that you and I need to be in the fight. And it's not about the paycheck. It's not about the the worldly pleasures and leisure activities that you and I like and you and I desire. It is about the gospel that one day Before all of creation, God looked at his son and said, Son, you're going to have to go and be their savior. They're going to need you. I'll go. And every moment of creation and all the days leading up to the moment that he was born in a stall that animals fed out of and lived in, all of that was approaching one particular moment and that moment was not just the birth but that moment was his death burial and resurrection because you and I need a savior and if you and I believe that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords as Paul wrote to Timothy then our lives are to change they're to be different than the things that Hernandoites and DeSotoites and Tateites and American folk seek after. Because we're different. Because you and I have no rights as a son of the king. You and I have no rights as a daughter of the king. Because we have bowed the knee and we have confessed with our mouth that he is Lord. And if he is Lord, then he is to direct my day. And he is to direct your day. And yes, you have responsibilities. And the reason that you have responsibilities at whatever workplace that you have is because he gave it to them. And you do the best job that you possibly can do, sir, ma'am. You do those jobs because they are a representation of you living under the authority of him who is king. But it's not just about 
8 to 5. It's not just about Monday to Friday. It is about the kingdom. And it is about the king of this kingdom being glorified and magnified in everything that you and I do and say and are. For he's king. You're not. He's king. I'm not. And he has called you to be a part of the work. And how you win is you're in the fight and you're applying it every single day. The good fight of faith. Heavenly Father, Lord, on on one hand, I know that, God, it's, it's foreign. It's a foreign thought of living today in faith. Because, Father, it is, it is hard for us, hard for me, to grasp faith. Lord, I'm reminded of, of a person who came in contact with, with you, Jesus. And his words were, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And Lord, it it seems so often that my unbelief is greater than my belief. Even though there's some belief there, that my unbelief is, is challenging or has surpassed my belief. And Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Father, maybe that's where we are as a church. God, we believe. But Father, help our unbelief. Lord, this is a a major issue in spiritual life. We cannot live without faith. So God, in these days, today, next Sunday, Lord, would would you take back the fog? Allow us to see clearly faith. Let, Let this, your word, Father, in Romans, in 1 Corinthians, in in 1 Timothy, Father, may those passages, may they just soak in our minds this week. May we see faith. May we live that out. So that we might, God, so that we might see victory. On a daily basis, yes, there is victory. It is already won. I know that. We know that because you died, Jesus, you rose from the dead and you live eternally. And because of that, we live. Father, may we see it lived out in our lives today. Sir, for some of us in the room, You have a relationship with the Father. You have a relationship with Christ. You have bowed the knee, ma'am. You have confessed that He is Lord. But there's disobedience. There's sin, and it it is blocking communication. The relationship is there, but there is no fellowship. And He is saying to you, come back this morning. Confess that sin. Repent. Turn from it. 
Lay it at the cross. For some here, you've never accepted Christ. Paul wrote and stated that he is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Sir, ma'am, it's it's not that, that I said it. It's not even that Paul said it. It it is that he said, this is who I am. I am the great I am. I am the King of kings and I am the Lord of lords. And what you do with Christ is the greatest decision that you will ever have. Maybe he is calling you to himself this morning and he is convicting you that you need a savior. My statement to that is come. Let me share, let me talk to you about Christ this morning. The invitation is for you. The invitation is for every single one of us to respond to him. So Lord, would you move? God, open our eyes, open our ears that we might see and we might hear and we might act. We ask it in Christ's name.